Hello, everyone. Thank you again for joining Dorsey Ross on this episode of The Dorsey Ross Show. In this episode, Dorsey interviews another special guest that will give you hope and inspire you. Hello, everyone. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of The Dorsey Ross Show. Today, we have a special guest with us. Her name is Sonia Frontier. She is a divorce lawyer, empowerment trainer, and best-selling author of Relationship Solutions, Effective Tragedies to Heal Your Heart and Create the Happiness You Deserve. Sonia offers practical advice and hope to people whose lives have been upended by marital troubles, teaching them how to resolve their obstacles to happiness and create fulfilling lives. Sonia, we thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Dorsey. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, absolutely. You're more than welcome to uh, be here. So tell us about your story and how you became a divorce lawyer. Well, actually, that's a, it's a very roundabout story, so I'm going to try to keep it uh, short and sweet. But I, um, I decided to go to law school uh, when I was in an unhappy marriage, and uh, I wanted to empower myself. And then I practiced law for almost 20 years. And then I became ill and disabled with migraines. And I decided to go on my own and open my own law firm. And uh, I decided to practice collaborative divorce, which is a friendly style of divorce that is not contentious. It's it's amicable where the parties try to resolve their differences without hurting each other. And I thought that was a good idea for me. After all, I went through a divorce myself, and I I thought I could help people uh, who were going through divorce between my legal experience and my personal experience. So that's how I ended up practicing divorce law after many, many years. I I see that. How have you transformed your obstacles into opportunities in your own personal life? Well, it's funny because I had I was one of those kids that had a really good charm life, and uh, then I became an adult, and all help started breaking loose. And uh, my first big adversity uh, was my marriage. I married at the age of twenty four, and I found out that my husband was uh, psychologically abusive. And I decided that life doesn't end when things go wrong and that it's an opportunity for you to learn, to get to know yourself better and to grow. And life has presented me a number of different challenges in health, uh, ill parents, uh, and a number of different issues. And I have found that every time I go through any difficulty, it makes me feel stronger. It brings out what I am made of, which is, is, is God, strength, and, and love. And uh, I like to encourage people to see adversity not as a bad thing, but as something that helps you grow and, and show who you truly are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, we all go through adversity and, and difficulties, no matter what we face, no matter what we, we go through. You know, adversity is, is there. It's hard to overcome sometimes, but we have to get through it somehow. That's right. What do you think, obviously, you know, there's a a number of of reasons why people get divorced, and we know that, you know, divorce is a high, you know, percentage in 
in the U- in the U.S. and probably even in, in the world, unfortunately. But what do you think is the number one reason why people get divorced? I think very often we get married for the wrong reasons or at the wrong time and under the wrong circumstances. And then we find out that marriage is not the ticket to happiness that we thought it would be and that it would bring a certain script of happily ever after that we had concocted for ourselves. And then we we find ourselves disappointed. So I think to me, that's one of the major reasons. And then of course, there's the other sub-reasons. A lot of people um, get divorced for financial reasons. A lot of people fight about money or they grow apart. They find out after being together for a long time that they're different or that they're going in different directions that their partner is not going to. Um, differences in parenting. So there's a number of different factors, but I think uh, very often is is that mindset that keeps us trapped in into a fantasy of, of what marriage is supposed to be. And when it doesn't fulfill that, then we feel disappointed and leave. Do you think um, in families, when it, you know, when we see parents get divorced and then the kids get uh, married, do you see a a line in that where, you know, parents will get divorced and then sometimes the kids will get divorced and it's like almost like a trickle-down effect. Do you see that a lot of the times? Yes. Well, actually, the statistics show that the children of divorce are more likely to get divorced themselves. So the divorce of parents is is affects children very deeply. And then you have others who have seen very uh, contentious divorces that were painful and, painful and ugly, and they don't want to do that. They don't want to put themselves or their, their children through that. So people have different reactions, and that's why it's so important for parents to be mindful when they're going through divorce that even if they don't get along they have to be civil for the sake of their children because they pick up on what's happening and it affects them very deeply. Right. You know, sometimes we see people rushing in to get married and then, you know, in the end, you know, end up in divorce. What would you say to people who are thinking about rushing into getting married I think you people need to think about it very carefully and explore the reasons why they're getting married. Very often people get married because their friends are getting married because they they have been uh, conditioned to believe that they need to be married to be acceptable in society and they live by a certain life script of what life is supposed to be like. For instance, you know, you go to high school, you graduate, you go to college, then you work for for a number of years, you get married, you have 2.3 kids, then you retire and you die. And when you live by that script, and that's why what I mean about the fantasy and, and the ideas of what marriage are supposed to be like, and when you are faced with reality, then it's it's you know, it's a shock and it's unpleasant. So for people who are considering getting married, I I think they really need to explore before they do that. Why do I want to get married? And is this partner I have right now the right person for me to share my life with? Because uh, very often, let's say, you know, you're a woman in her 30s and you want to have a baby and the biological clock is ticking away. So You think you need to get married now, and then you marry whoever you're dating who may not be the right person for you. So that's why you need to be really careful before you take that step, because it's a 
really big, big step and it's life altering. Yeah, absolutely. You wrote the book, you know, we talked a little bit about it in the in the beginning. You wrote the book, Relationship Solutions, Effective Tragedy to Heal Your Heart and Create the Happiness You Deserve. Tell us a little bit about that book and what made you write that book. Well, Relationship Solutions is my second book. My first book was Solve the Divorce Dilemma, Do You Keep Your Husband or Do You Post Him on Craigslist? And the first book was written for women uh, who were on the fence um, because that was the hardest thing for me, being Catholic and being conservative. I I didn't want to divorce, and I I struggled with that decision, which ultimately I had to make. It was very, uh, very important and necessary for my life. And so I wrote that book for women, but men started reading the book and saying that it was biased. It was only for women. So I decided to write Relationship Solutions, which is, it's a gender neutral book and it's for both men and women for them to uh, explore their relationships, what led them into their marriages, uh, whether or not they can make them work. Uh, explore the the viability of their marriages and to create happy lives, whether they stay married or, or they divorce. And if they do decide to divorce, to keep it amicable, so that they can they can build on on new lives without having that baggage of of resentment and bitterness and and anger. Right? Have you, as a you know, you mentioned that you're you're Catholic and you're conservative. Have you ever, you know? spoken to people that that have come to you and said, you know, hey, look, maybe you should go back to, you know, your husband or your wife and maybe even, you know, fight for that marriage before, you know, you're getting up and getting divorced. Well, I I think, and I recommend it in the book, that you should really examine whether or not your relationship is is viable because you don't want to be a victim of divorce regret. Statistics show that between 32 and 50% of people who divorce regret having divorced and wish they had worked harder at saving their marriages. So unless you find yourself in an abusive relationship, in which case you need to put your safety first before your marriage, unless you're in an abusive relationship, I think it's worth trying to give it one honest shot and try to see if you can save your marriage. If your marriage cannot be salvaged, then end it amicably. But by all means, explore it. Don't do something in haste under the influence of any negative emotion. This is a very important step you need to make very carefully. Right, definitely. And, you know, I think even, I'm not sure what it is now, but I know at one point, even in the Christian circles, the divorce rate was, you know, maybe 40 to 50% of, you know, Christian people were, were getting divorced as well. That's right. And and it's it's now lower. It used to be 50. Now it's it's closer to 40. And it's the millennials who are bringing it down because they're not getting married. Um, but it, it is, a, it's a, it's a considerable number. It's, it's almost a fifth, a, a half of, of people who get married, get divorced. So it's, it's, uh, something that's become very commonplace. And I think that anyone who is in a position where their marriage is not working out the way, uh, they would like it to, to try to consider working on it before they take the divorce step. Is there a secret source to happiness in marriage? Or in relationships? 
I think the most, to me, there's, there's three aspects to it. First, for you to be happy, you need to believe that you, and understand and acknowledge that you deserve to be happy. That's number one. And number two, you need to acknowledge that you are responsible for your own happiness. We think that our partners are supposed to make us happy, or we think that we're supposed to make ourselves, uh, ourselves, um, either we're supposed to make our, our, our parent partners happy or our partners are supposed to make us happy, but we are responsible for our own happiness. And, um, instead of putting that burden on the other person, and we need to also understand that we can create that happiness we deserve on our terms. And that having a relationship is something that enhances your life, but it's not something that, that you place, uh, all your, you don't put the eggs on that basket of being married as your ticket to happiness. If this is something that comes from within. Mm-hmm. And when you accept responsibility for that project of happiness, then you can bring in a spouse and create something wonderful. Yeah, definitely. What do divorced people give in to the failed marriage myth? And how can people generate feelings of success while going with you or recovering from? A divorce. I, I think one of the most insidious programming, we get a lot of social conditioning and messages from society, but one of them is that if our marriage ends, it is a failure. And people just go through life after a divorce thinking that their divorces are a failure or they stay stuck in relationships that are not good for them because they are afraid of being a failure. And Divorce is not a failure and a marriage that doesn't work is a fail is not a failure it is a learning experience and what we need to do is turn that around and try to learn extract the lessons from that relationship what did i learn from from my spouse and what can what was my contribution for uh, towards this this relationship not working out and how can I make my life better? How can I move on and build a life that is healthier and better after a divorce? And I think that once you start taking those steps, which you can you can take at any time, you don't have to wait until your divorce is over. Uh, once you start thinking along those terms that it is not a failure, that success is something that you create, that's something that comes from within, then you can be liberated from those feelings of failure and actually achieve happiness after a marriage ends. That's great. What is the greatest obstacle to healing in relationships? I think unforgiveness is the greatest, the greatest obstacle because very often we get attached to the wrongs that our partner did or per- whether they're real or perceived, we get attached to those things that we felt were done against us and we get angry and we get bitter and we hold on to those and you cannot accept the blessings that can come to you if you're hang your if your hands are hanging onto baggage so you really need to forgive you need to release that attachment to to those wrongs and to that anger and bitterness and release release them bless your your experience of marriage and bless your partner with love and then move on and start building a new life, which is premised on, on freedom and an open heart. What are your thoughts about dating after divorce? Is there a right time? 
Um, I think the right time is when you're ready for it. And let me explain that a little bit. Very often people end their marriages and they feel like they need to start dating right away, whether to, um, to, to liberate themselves from, from the, the, the emptiness of, of not having a spouse, or they think they need a partner to be validated as, as people or to be accepted or that a man makes you feel, or, you know, or a woman, another person makes you feel desirable. And you cannot build a healthy relationship with another person as long as you are attached to your past uh, relationship. And you cannot build a healthy relationship if you don't feel good about yourself. So what you really need to do is empower yourself first, fall in love with yourself, learn to enjoy your own company and do things on your own that bring you joy. And when you make yourself happy, when you feel fulfilled, then you're going to be attracting good people into your life. Because when you are hung up on your ex, you will be divorced to your ex instead of from your ex, and you will not be able to move on in real freedom. So get over your ex first. Right. <laughs> and we definitely don't, you know, like you can we want to love ourselves and, you know, we definitely don't want any any type of toxic people in our lives either because that's not going to help, you know, us love ourselves or even, you know, maybe even move on from, you know, the past relationships either. That's right. And you know, it's really funny because um, I, I tell people, do not talk about your ex, spy your ex, have these feelings of unrequited love uh, towards your ex or, or the possibility that you're going to get back together. Um, because when you do, you're not going to be able to to uh, be open to receive the love from another person because your heart is tangled up with somebody else whether or not you're going to be able to get back together. So it is really important. You're going to be attracting somebody else who's going to be a mirror image of your insecurities and and your attachment to the ex. So you probably will end up with somebody else who's attached to the ex too. And you'll never be able to have a real honest relationship with one another. And that's probably not even for people who get divorced. That's for anybody in any type of relationship. That's right. And that's why you really need to explore why you end in relationships and what are the traps that keep you in? What are the traps that lure you in? And and you might discover that there are some patterns that, that you and that you're attracting the same person into your life over and over. It's the same person in a different body. Right. As we, you know, get ready to end here, is there any advice that you have for, you know, people out there, you know, either thinking about, you know, I mean, we talked a little bit, we talked about the already, but think about getting divorced and maybe even getting ready to get married. I think it's really important to take emotional inventory. And like I said before, explore the reasons why you want to be in relationships, the reasons why you are in relationships. You really need to develop that awareness. And not only that, you have to explore how you interact with your partners, because that's also very important. And see if you notice any patterns, any patterns of reactivity, um, picking people who treat you in ways that are harmful and toxic. So it's really key to start 
doing that, get, doing uh, those things that help you get acquainted with your inner innermost thoughts and feelings. And I recommend, you know, do some journaling, you know, and ask yourself those important questions. And one thing that I do for my readers is I, gu- I guide them through a series of questions that are going to flesh out what those innermost thoughts and feelings are in those thought and behavior patterns that are getting them in, in trouble in relationships. And you can also identify those that make relationships better and repeat those. Right. Yeah. Where can people pick up your book? My book is available anywhere. Um, books are sold online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Target, wherever books are sold. And I would love to offer a giveaway to your listeners. Uh, the first five who email me at Sonia at SoniaFrontera.com will receive a free ebook of Relationship Solutions. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you for that. And Sonia, thank you again for joining me on the show today. We greatly appreciate having you. I really enjoy being on your show. Thanks so much for having me, Dorsey. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you again for joining me on another episode of the Dorsey Rush Show. And until next time, have a great day. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining Dorsey Ross on this episode of the Dorsey Ross Show. Please like, share, and tell others about the show. Also, please check out the other podcast episodes. And if you would like, donate to this podcast and buy Dorsey a coffee. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.